Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode 11 of season 11. It's 11-11, make a wish. This is episode number 387 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. If your grandfather hadn't listened to us, you wouldn't exist. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to rockandthatidlife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centericebrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the best blues-themed t-shirts at a fair price. It is Wednesday, December 7th, and we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Our handle on the socials is at LGB Radio. Just, just search for us, you'll find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt, or do whatever you can do to help us out. We appreciate it. I'm Kurt Price. My co-host for the big show tonight are Bill Day and the infamous Jeff Ponder. The uh, agenda for tonight includes discussion about the Jordan Bennington saga and his on-ice antics. That'll be fun to discuss. The disappointing loss versus the Newark Rangers and the interesting win versus the Newark Islanders. Uh, Gentlemen, it is December. And we're having a show. The Blues are struggling, but Jeff is pretty festive. It's decked out in his uh, Christmas gear right now. Yeah, I was uh, going to make a reference to my ugly sweater that I'm wearing right now, um, which is a beautiful. I'll, I'll go ahead and stand up and show the audience. It's a beautiful Darth Vader. It says, I find your uh, lack of cheer disturbing. So, yeah, ugly sweater. But then I look up at my TV and I see much uglier sweaters. The Calgary Flames are wearing their reverse retros tonight. Oh, these Good to God, see them in the even, spirit. Those are even more hideous on the ice. I didn't think they could get uglier, but they look worse on the ice. With that yellow stripe on the shoulder, they look like a damn referee. Well, they, I mean, they, they, Calgary has not been able to figure out stripes ever. <laughs> on their, well, not ever. I'm sorry. Ever since they went away from their best-looking jerseys ever. Uh yeah, they've they, they, that that diagonal stripe that comes out of the bottom. That is just 
goofy strange. Hideous. Yeah, just hideous. I don't understand it. I mean, maybe it's a Canadian thing. Maybe it's like, I don't understand foreign foreigners' design. I well, I, I don't think they're legally allowed to wear those in um, when they play in Dallas or uh, Florida or maybe Tennessee because oh, they're abortions. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. oh, man. They that are was good. Abortions. I like that. Okay. That was that's, good. That's very good. I like it. Off the, on the uh, off the cuff, too. Bill, look at Bill with spontaneous. Can't wear it. At, can't, wear it at, can't wear it in the red states. No. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Spontaneous humor. Probably, probably can't wear them in St. Louis, then, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's a red state over over yonder. I hate my state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to do what you got to do. Um, the I guess we'll go to the official beers. I guess Jeff's drinking away at his. What, Bill, Bill, what you got for your official beers of episode number 387? You can follow each of us on the untapped app. My handle is CPRICE12. Jeff says JPonder94. Bill says Billy Blue Note 33 we all have numbers at the end of our uh, handles there on the uh, on the untapped app. It's our uh, hockey numbers, right? All every one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I am, and again, I I need to get better about seeing how much what the ABVs are. <laughs> Never fails. You buy. <laughs> Tried to do a podcast over here. <laughs> Uh, My tail yeah. is stuck in the door. <laughs> <laughs> the little dog is chewing on me again. Uh, so I, another monster ABV beer. I really do need to look at this before I pull them out of the fridge. But uh, tonight, I'm doing um, a Boulevard Brewer's Choice barrel aged uh, rum barrel aged spice cake. Oh, oh wow. You know, that sounds good. It is real good and real boozy. Have you ever had rum cake? Yeah, sure. Oh, it, it tastes just like it. Rum except, cake in a, can, in a glass. Yeah, except, yeah, it's, you know, you don't get the carbs. Well, I guess you do. Just get them a little more quickly. Didn't somebody one time uh, listen to the show uh, in, the, in the chat uh, kind of criticize our, our fancy beers? They were like... Uh, they were like a Bud or Miller person or something, strictly, solely. That's happened multiple times. An Amstel light only kind of guy. Meisterbrow. We've literally Meisterbrow got like, you're in St. Louis. Why aren't you drinking Budweiser? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, there's more, way more beer here than just Budweiser, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I have my favorite shirts too, but I don't wear them every day. Not that Budweiser is my favorite beer, but. I will, I will drink you gotta a Budweiser. Mix it up. I will drink a Budweiser right. every now and then. I mean, right, and and it wouldn't be good shtick if we're drinking the I, same beer every week. Yeah, and and it's the local favorite. And if right? we're showing up, yeah, if we're holding up, I'm drinking a Budweiser, and everybody's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of boring. But right. now Bill this, has spice rum, spice cake in a in a bottle. <laughs> that's interesting. It's beautiful. It is. Uh, Jeff, what do you got? So uh, I just realized I messed up my tweet. I forgot to add the brewer um, for my 
beer of the episode. But if only you could uh, delete a tweet and redo it at Budweiser. I'm, that's exactly what I was doing when you asked me. Oh, uh, and and so yeah, here we are. <laughs> uh, but no, mine tonight is uh, I'm guessing it, it's a Beta. Is that how you say it? A Beta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I like that brewery. Uh, it's the it's their Christmas ale. Nice. Uh, so I'm drinking this tonight. Um, first time I've ever had it. Uh, never had their Christmas ale before. It's pretty good. You can see it's got that nice Christmas ale kind of dark brown look. Winter to it. warmer. Yeah, I, perfect. Yes, <laughs> God, you should describe beer for a living. You That's should, what you should do, Bill. <laughs> Jeff didn't you used to didn't you used to kind of write on the back of uh, hockey cards or something like that. Bill could write on the back on uh, beer, beer labels. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Maybe you know people. Let's see. Does does this have? Oh, here we go. It does have a little tail with it. Uh, each year at the Abita Brewery, we craft a special dark ale for the holiday season. Then Papa Noel harnesses up his team of gators and makes the special delivery. The recipe changes each year so that Abita Christmas ale is always the perfect gift. Uh, gators. I'm guessing this is like a Florida beer. No, it's no, uh, it's Louisiana. It's yeah, Louisiana. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. There Louisiana. We go. Okay. I guarantee. I enjoy. Have you had yep. the purple haze from Abita? Jeff. Uh yes, actually I have. That's my favorite from there. I, I That's a good one. Yeah, it's a it's summery. It's a, it's good. I like it. Mine is uh the blueberry blonde from Big Muddy, which uh you know, the 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 blonde on the can even though she's uh not a real person. She's kind of hot. She's an attractive <laughs> lady. Yeah. I like the blue streak in the hair. Yeah, I do too. Everything for blondes, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness, Austin. Um we need to chat. Um, he says, since I was hired last uh, around uh, the 16th, the last month, still haven't worked a shift and currently looking for a new job and have an interview at Pure Hockey in Kirkwood tomorrow. Uh, Austin, I know a lot of people that work there because I used to work for Total Hockey. So oh. let's let's get in touch before your interview. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess he's not enjoying uh, working for the Blues. I think uh, I think a shift yet. I think the the Blues may have just fixed the glitch. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> for you no, Office no, no. Space fans, we fixed the glitch. <laughs> so we, it'll just work itself out. <laughs> he just kept getting a paycheck. God, <clears throat> if Enterprise Center burns down next week, we know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. What a show we have to talk about today. Um, we are uh, <laughs> we are due for a break, um, but after the break, we're going to talk about uh, Jordan Biddington's antics and the game versus the New York Rangers after this word from ID Life. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car, and the very next thing I do... I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. 
In phase three, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. It's been like three weeks. How do you get hired from a place and three weeks later not work a shift? Do they forget they hired him? How does that work? You know, retail, retail's going to retail, man. I, uh, quick, quick story to make you feel maybe a little better, Austin. I worked a year and a half at Best Buy right before the holidays. It was like October of the last year I worked there. And they were like, hey, we're making you full time. You cool with that? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so I worked through the Christmas. I, I was working 45, 50 hours a week. And I was just, oh, full-time, all the time. I, Yeah, uh, I think it was December 27th. I got pulled into an office, and I was told, hey, so we never actually had you sign anything to say that you were going to full-time, so we need to knock you down to part-time. Yeah, I got uh, four five-hour shifts in four weeks after that. So I literally went from making overtime to getting five hours a week. So I quickly, quickly quit. To me, that to me that just says they're overstaffed, right? I mean, they just they can't. I mean, that's that's just poor management. Well, and the issue was that I kept asking, like, "Hey, shouldn't I sign something that says you're changing my status?" And I just, you know, being a dumb twenty-two-year-old, I just figured, okay, it's fine. And uh, no, it, it was not fine. Always get stuff in writing. Hmm. There's hmm. your lesson for the day, kids. Hmm. As Mike Shannon would say. Also, Austin's asking, uh, did I get a new setup, new desk? Yes, I got a new setup. I've got a new standing desk here. So my angle here has slightly changed. So you're seeing probably a little different version of my office. But uh, there you go. Yeah, a little bit, little bit of a different setup here for me. Uh, so we got back-to-back nights in New York for the Blues over the past uh, two games here. Uh, Bennington got the start uh, against the Rangers. This was a 6-4 to four loss for the Blues. Um, Bennington did get the start after Berube's comments in the previous post-game press conference about Bennington's on-ice behavior in the 6-2 to two loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and his comments raised some eyebrows amongst uh, – which – I don't recall Ruby ever speaking out against, you know, how Bennington is, uh, like he did. It's because he never here. has. Yeah, never has. Not like this, anyway. Uh, I, I mean, maybe hey, he hasn't really been asked about it either. I don't know. Um, but Ruby was asked about Bennington's behavior, and he said, and this was in the post game press conference, it's got to stop. It doesn't help anything. Just play goal, stop the puck. And, you know, I mean, that's. That's fair, right? And I think that probably stems from him being pissed off at the time because it was not a good game. Yes. Uh, if if you missed what happened in Pittsburgh, which if you're a Blues fan, I'm not sure how you did. Shame on you if you missed. But if you missed it, in the game, uh, Bennington stuck his arm out to get in the way of Zucker, who was about to round the net, which goalies often try to impede a player 
uh, to give their defenseman some time if a cup player is cutting around the net. Jamie Storr famously did this, tried to do this against Jeff Cortnall in the playoffs um, years ago, Blues versus the Kings. And, uh, well, Cortnall just ran his ass over. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, well, and uh, we saw it a couple games ago with uh, uh, Jordan Stahl going behind the net yeah. on Bennington. And Bennington, and people laughed, you know, like, yeah. oh, uh, Bennington fucking around. And, and what did they say? Fucked around, he fucked around and found out. Yeah, that yeah. was dumb. No, buddy he was dumb. making a play on the that guy. Was dumb. The that was dumb. Yeah, driving that was dumb. him off the puck and, and allowed his teammate to take the puck up on the power play. Like, that was exactly what he wanted to do, yeah. morons. I, I know. People, oh, he got run over. He tried to hit stall. No, he tried to impede stall, and he did. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what he wanted to do. It doesn't matter that he got knocked down. No, he bl- didn't care. Blues he gained, did his job. Yeah, Blues gained possession of the puck, and they worked the puck out of the zone. He, he did exactly what he wanted to do. Right. It was a legal no, play. It was not interference. Right. No, yeah, the stall had the puck. There. Stall had the puck. He took the man off the puck. Yeah. Oh, that's what I loved about some of the comments, too. Shouldn't that be an interference call? <laughs> Stoll had the fucking puck. Yeah. How is that interference? I know. <laughs> I, 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 I think I even tweeted to somebody. I was like, it was, uh, Bennington is perfectly happy with getting knocked down there. He doesn't care. Yeah. And and some, and some uh, that was the other thing I said. Like, I, I was furious. Not furious, but I was a little annoyed with people saying, shouldn't he get interference? I was just annoyed with people saying, well, did Stahl get goalie interference? No, Bennington <laughs> ran into him. <laughs> like, why would Stahl get an interference call? Right. Uh, but so Zucker didn't react to the glove that Bennington stuck out either because it was a uh, you know time to or did want to or whatever. But um, it you smacked don't think him. In. He dove a little. I don't know. Maybe it's hard to tell. But I mean, he got him in I the mean, face pretty was, good. He's he's a fast player and he yeah. was coming in quick. Sure. So there's and and I'm actually asking because I don't know. I, I my I'm, initial reaction was that he dove a little bit. Was like, oh, I'm going to try to get a call here. And I don't know. I, I don't know have, for sure, but he may have stayed. Down. I think he did embellish a little bit. Maybe he stayed down a little longer than. But I, I, I'm thinking that he's just focused on on the defenseman on the puck, right? And he's not looking at Bennington, and, and Bennington's arm just probably comes out of nowhere and hits him in the face. I don't. I don't. What? I, whatever. But goalies do this not exactly like this, but they will. They'll put an arm out. They'll stand outside the crease a little bit. To make the player go around him, you know, Bill can attest. You know, it's just it's just what you do. You kind of you 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 give your defenseman an extra step, right? Time to time to make a play. You don't want that guy to get on your defenseman as quick as you would otherwise. That's what that's what goalies do. And uh, got Zucker in the face pretty good. Uh, which and, and this the whole thing was hilarious because they ended up giving Bennington. They tried to <laughs> give him a double minor for high sticking, which on the replay, if you look at it, his gloves extended this way. And his stick is way over here. <laughs> his stick couldn't have been any farther away from Zucker's face. But they gave him two minutes, four minutes for high sticking. And I'm like, they didn't see that at all. At all. Yeah, I don't they, know what they, they were doing. Called, it was a reaction call. And, and, Bill, you might – I don't know if you have a thought on this too. But I just feel like they – at first I thought, okay, this guy, whoever made that call, instantly pulled into the NHL office. What the fuck are you doing? You are clearly making a reactionary call. His stick didn't even leave the ice. Didn't even touch Zucker. But at the end of the day, a couple people commented back to me on Twitter and were like, they probably made that call because they thought this is going to be a reviewable call because it was it was four minutes. Yeah. They can review that. That instantly puts it in for review. But the problem with that is yeah. 
I'm going to say is that it can all you can do is rescind it to two minutes. Yeah, if it for high sticking, right? And so the fact that or his take it stick off didn't completely, touch him, yeah. or take it off completely, which is what happened, right? And so the fact that the stick didn't even touch Zucker, they couldn't call it high sticking. You can't call it high sticking. So at the end of the day, doing nothing would have done the exact same as what they did, giving it a four minute high sticking. Just a weird decision by the officials to make that call. Yeah, I, I mean, if you could give somebody a double minor for roughing. You know, I could see that completely. You know, we'll give him a double minor, so then we can go review it. But so, you... Zucker wasn't cut, though, was he? No. So no. where's the double minor come from? Like, that to, I, I don't get the, the idea that they made the double minor call for the potential to rescind it. I think the Blues just got lucky, right? They they made the wrong call. Oh, it should have been a penalty. Yeah, sure, for it, sure. It totally yeah. should have been oh, a yeah. penalty. Absolutely. Interference, maybe even roughing. Roughing, interference, yeah. whatever. Pick, take your pick, sure. Yeah, that that was just weird. I Again, I, I stand by, I still think that even if that was their reasoning, like, well, let's just call it for four minutes high staking so we can review the call, that's still not the right call. Like, and, you still have to make the right call on the play, and they didn't make the right call. So yeah, and if like, I'm the NHL officiating, uh, who is it? Um uh, Daniel, who is it? Who's the charge of the referees? I can't remember. But uh, I'm I'm uh, calling those refs and saying, guys, I got to sit you a couple games without pay. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you see. A, I don't know how you see a possible high stick. You see, I, unless they just weren't watching, or they heard somebody say it was a high stick and they just called it that. I, that's it's very puzzling. You know, just speculation. Yeah. Right, and and then you wonder, right? Because at that point, you know, they are they embarrassed, right? And then they say something to Bennington, and you know, like you're on thin ice, and then you know he goes and gets the ten minute and tossed. So, uh, right. you know, is there is there a correlation there? Uh, it, it the officiating just has been pretty pretty bad um that play um the the game against the rangers the phantom penalty to Cairo, where oh, Trudeau grabbed his stick that was awful just yeah but just not good the so zucker scores later in the game and bennington is pulled and this is where this is this is the so the first half of it was the glove to the face right from bennington to zucker and the second part of the issue with his antics on the ice uh, are after he's pulled. So Zucker scores, Bennington's pulled, and he comes and he's skating off, and he's got to go, go by uh, Pittsburgh's bench, and he sees Zucker and a teammate laughing. Okay, so and and something was said, uh, or he sees them laugh. They're laughing at Zucker said after the game that they're laughing at the goal, and I'm like. You're laughing at the goal you scored? Pretty sure you're laughing at the fact that Bennington was pulled after you scored and you know, and there was the issue with the glove to the face earlier, so you're laughing that it's being pulled. I get it. That's exactly what happened in my mind, I'm thinking. So so he's not laughing about the goal being scored. That's why that's a weird thing to do. So Bennington sees that and he takes his helmet off, right? Takes his mask off and he he proceeds to start jawing with Zucker, and, and and Zucker's like, "What? I didn't what?" So and then so people are then pissed at Bennington for trying to start shit with the bench when it seemed pretty obvious to me that he's skating by the bench and he sees Zucker laughing at him for being pulled and he's pissed. 
So should he have skated by and said nothing? Probably, but he didn't. And that's it's a not, big, it's a big that's deal. That's not him. That's not him. That's not a lot of players. I mean, uh, I don't know. So and that, and so those two incidents are are what uh, Bruber was commenting on after the game about how well, it's got to stop. I just I just want to add real quick about Zucker saying with the you know he was laughing at the goal. That right there to me is where I whoa. Was that a okay sneeze? The houses there. <laughs> <laughs> <Was> that, <laughs> that was. I think oh, I man. saw. I think I saw the the ball on your Stanley hat kind of move there. Right. And whatever happened. <laughs> Woo! <Yeah. laughs> um, no, I, this mic is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Julie's right. downstairs with the door closed. <laughs> oh yeah, that was quite the scene. But anyway, no, I. Uh, um, that's right there is where I get annoyed where people on Facebook and Twitter say like, I just can't wait. You know, it was one of these days, Bennington's just going to get popped. Someone's going to put him in his place right there. Jason Zucker right there with NHL players. You have the opportunity to say, yeah, I was laughing at Bennington fucking idiot, you know? And then next time you play, guess what? Step up and say, yeah, Bennington, I'm gonna make you look stupid again. Like, this is the problem with the NHL nowadays to me, with people saying, still standing by that old guard of like, I can't wait till he gets popped. Guess what? Nobody in the league has done it yet, and I don't think anyone's ever going to do it. So Bennington, to me, and, and this gets into the longer, larger, larger conversation, which we can get into later if you want, he's going to keep doing it because nobody's stopping him. Except for Bruby. That's not the league. Bruby has said, coach, apparently. Bruby has said, stop it. So. We'll see what happens. I, I know uh, after the stick swinging incident with Kadri, when he waved his stick at Kadri, um, and people were like, "Oh my gosh!" Right. So, and he was asked about it, and he goes, "That's not how I want kids to act if they're going to, you know, emulate me, or you know, uh, uh, you know, if I'm an, if I'm a you know player to look up to, I don't want them doing that kind of stuff on the ice." So I took that at the time, back then, as a oh well. Maybe he's going to change now because he's kind of realized, okay, that was, you know, waving a stick at somebody's head. That's eh, not cool. So maybe he's going to change. Didn't change a bit. He didn't change at all. So that that's so I'm I'm curious to see how what happens now. I'm guessing he's not going to change. No. How and, a player's and not going to thoughts, change how he plays. My thoughts on this, and, and and I'm going to guess that Bennington feels the same. Is that this is this is Baruby frustrated with how things have gone this season? Right. I think this is more. I'm pissed off in general. You ask me any question, I'm going to tell you I'm pissed off, and that was his answer here. It's got to stop. It doesn't help anything. Just play goal. Stop the puck. That's just, you know, Jordan, you're fiery, and I get that. But man, right now we need you to stop the puck. And let's be honest, I think that was Bennington's possibly his roughest game of the year. I think a couple of those goals should have been had. Uh, a couple point shots. I know that a couple were tipped, but still, I think Bennington of two weeks ago comes up with those saves, and I think that's what mm-hmm. Baruby's pissed about is his best player so far this season had the roughest game of the year, and obviously the rest of his team cannot bail him out, so he's just going to be pissed and say, well, I don't care. The whole team fucking sucks right now. So, okay, so your guys' thoughts on – Bennington's behavior on the ice. So there's been a lot of lot that's been said about it, um, and for, for various reasons, you know, it's a you know, when a goalie does anything, it gets like front page news, right? Um, if there's a goalie fight, oh my gosh, it's on every highlight, uh, you know, uh, show out there. Personally, 
I and I said this before, I am entertained <laughs> by by his attitude on the ice uh when he does this stuff. I I like guys who play with an edge, who show emotion, who play with passion. Uh make it known they care. I love it. Uh give me it all day long. That's that's hockey. I here's the deal. Why is to me? I'm I'm curious. Why is there outrage with Bennington in particular? Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on on the ice with other players, skaters. There's you know uh, trying to guys trying to kill each other sometimes, putting them through the boards, hooking, slashing, cross checking, vicious stuff. Um, you see f- fights every once in a while. There's after the whistle shenanigans all the time. Spears, jabs, sucker punches, guys getting face washed with a glove, cup checks, shoves, elbows, whatever. Um, Players mouthing off to each other, trash talking, chirping between the benches is so common. A lot of stuff happens on the ice. But when Bennington sticks his glove out and smacks Zucker in the face, knocks him down, or skates by an opponent's bench and trash talks a little bit or, or whatever, chirps, whatever, but that's too much. So I, I'm kind of curious as to you know a fan's mindset. Um, now I get it if you just hate Bennington and you just you're just mouthing off and not really thinking. But um, there's an awful lot of it, and Bennington gets a lot of attention. He's a very hated. He's a hated player across the league. Um, so I'm trying to understand the mindset between uh, of a fan who will root for bloody murder out on the ice when, when play is going on. But if a goalie does anything, the slightest little thing, you know, like Bennington did, you know, the interference with Zucker or the skating by the bench and making and, and uh, uh, saying something, it's like the end of the world. It's unacceptable. It's totally wrong. Shouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. I, and, so Bill, you being a goalie, and I know you, <laughs> playing, playing hockey with you, you you liked to uh, you 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 played a certain style, <laughs> um, I, mostly mostly I, yelling at our own your own team. <laughs> well, but, that too. But but, uh, yeah. but so I, I I'm I'm kind of curious as to what you guys think about uh, about that angle as far as why why what Bennington does or any goalie really, except for Kemper apparently because Kemper, couple couple of nights ago you saw what he did, he took a vicious two hander. Guy was standing in front of him, which you see goalies do. A vicious, I mean, he two-handed whack right on the knee, and a guy goes down. And I did not see outrage over that. But Bennington, you know, hits a guy in the face with his glove, and oh my God, hockey world goes bananas. You know, yeah. other goalies can do all kinds of shit, like way worse. I mean, what, what Kemper did was far worse than anything. Bennington's ever done. I think the worst thing Bennington's ever done was probably after in between periods, he gave uh, Bishop uh, a slash. Right? Uh, that was that was that was after the whistle in between periods, going to the bench. He, that was that was not cool, but it wasn't vicious either. So anyway, so yeah. go ahead. But I, I'm just I that's that kind of thing just interests yeah. me. So you know, to your point, you know that anytime a goalie does something, there's outrage. It's, you know, it's because goalies are considered, you know, protected class in the NHL, right? In in hockey in general, like you're not supposed to hit the goalie, you know, so if the goalie's inciting, which, you know, I, I apparently is an NHL penalty, um, maybe, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that no, that's a good question too. I, 
Me too. Yeah. First time ever First I've heard time that. I had heard that. Yeah, um, that's weird. But, you know, it, it, when a goalie does it frequently, and I think this is the problem. This is the problem with Bennington is the frequency, right? It's he he hasn't learned the balance yet that he can't do it every other game, right? It 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 seems like he it's a tool that he uses to try to keep either keep himself focused or even motivate himself even more and maybe it's 10 p.m do you know where your children are okay. they're being incited by jordan bennington <laughs> did did you notice have you noticed that that hasn't happened yet when kurt is talking <laughs> actually i was talking when and the alarm went off and i forgot to do it after i stopped so my bad uh. <laughs> You didn't interrupt yourself. That's I was trying weird. to wait. I was trying to wait for a pause, but I, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll do it when I can. Anyway, sorry. So I'm trying to be, me instead of you. I'm Continue, trying to be. Bill, you no, were, I forgot. You were making a great. Yeah. You were making a great point. Bill. You were. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't. Know yeah, that. it's you know. No, it, you're good. I, I love it. Keep keep doing that, Kurt. I'm just messing yeah. around. It's it's more of the shtick. I love it. But yeah, no, it's it is um, it it, it comes off as petulant. I think. Right. The the more often he does it, um, having multiple instances in, you know, before we get to Christmas, it's a problem. And um, ha- so Ken asks, has Bill Day ever pulled a Billy Smith or a Ron Hextall stunt on the ice? <laughs> um, I've I've come on. You, you how many sticks have you broken? Uh, yeah, but not over people, right? right. I've right. broken them. I've broken them over the net. And in fact, I I found two when I was cleaning out my parents' house when we sold it this summer that I kept as mementos. Um, but no, I you know I, I I'm I'm the type of goalie that you know will somebody screening me, you know they're gonna get a little you know how's your father? And that's hockey, right? Right. You get a you get a cup check, a cross check, a slash in the back of the leg. That that to me, I, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've been standing in front of the net, posing goalie behind me, trying to screen, deflect a shot, whatever, and the goalies give me the business, right? I'm there slacking, slashing, whatever. Uh, it happens a lot. And that and that is hockey, and, and so that kind of thing. And and I'll be honest, I have turned around and given the goalie a whack or three. In my in my time, oh, you know, whack uh, or ten, yeah, at least, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, you hit me, I'll hit you back, you know, or or I'll save it, you know, because uh, I'll get a little hack, whack, ow, fuck, back of the knee, right, it hurts. Puck goes behind the goal, I go behind the, I go behind the look of the puck, I say I don't get it, come out the other side, I'll give the goalie a whack on my way uh, by the post, you know, or uh, I have actually uh, <laughs> hooked a goalie skate before too. I was down. I was going to ask you, Kurt. <laughs> Because uh, I got I got one. Uh, what is uh, what's the the cruelest thing you've ever done to a goalie? Not not oh, like shot wise, like oh, I can purposely in, intentionally doing something. I to them. I instantly know. I got that. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> I was in front of the goal, getting uh, um, uh, battling with a defenseman, right? And shot Jeff, my cousin Jeff Price, takes a shot from the point, and I I'm kind of got I kind of got my like, battling with the defenseman. I kind of got turned sideways, right? And the and the the shot goes by me. Goalie makes a save. Defenseman cross checks me from behind, and I'm going towards the goalie. And this is total, this is total. And everybody 
has done something like this in their time if they're a forward and they hang out in front of the net. So I'm I kind of kind of facing the goal a little bit, cross check from behind. I'm going down towards the goalie. My stick's here, kind of up a little bit, and I just come forward down with my stick and it right in the side of the head. Just I bam bam right in the side of his head. Did it on purpose because I'm thinking, okay, I can roll this into me getting checked down, and the stick is wild. And it gets hit. I have to maintain control of my stick. I got it. I was probably going to get a penalty. I didn't get one, actually. Uh, but I got him good right on the side of the head. Um, you know, and it was just one of those things. I'm like, I'm not trying to hurt the guy necessarily. I'm just trying to like, ah, fuck you. I'm going to slash you. And it happened to be my stick was a pie and it's in the head, which I kind of regret now. But it's like, uh, yeah, at the time I was a stupid kid and I uh, I did some stuff. My, mine wasn't that bad, but but uh, Bill won't appreciate this one. So I, I, uh, I hate <laughs> you both already. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was the only guy who was willing to get in front of my teammate shots and try to deflect and get in front of the net. Uh, we had one guy in particular who had a wild shot. Uh, you didn't know where it was going, but, I mean, he had a blazer. So, um yeah, so I was in front of the net on the power play. Goalie kept hacking me in the back of the legs. And so I turned around. And I said, give me one more slash, see what happens. And he fucking, he winds up, slashes me in the back of the legs. Referee puts his arm up for the penalty. And I just turn around, and it was just perfect one motion. Referee didn't even see it. I turn around, I take my stick, and I just, I get him right in the chin, the chin guard or the chin mask, flip up on my stick, flips his helmet like, 10 feet in the air and and he he just goes you like a total slap shot moment you motherfucker and he comes coming out of the crease my teammate just taps in the puck into an empty net like i said referee didn't see it he thought the guy was was just coming after me and flipped his own helmet off and so we ended up getting a goal and then we ended up getting a five-minute power play because he came out and started swinging at me and I, the goalie lost his mind the coach was yelling at the ref and i'm like I'm just going to pretend like I'm innocent here. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> His wife is a lesbian. <laughs> She's, a, She's a lesbian. She's a dyke. lesbian. <laughs> Fantastic um, gal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, did uh, wasn't uh, didn't wasn't that played by the same woman who played um, the mom yeah, in the Christmas mom story? Mom in Christmas yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, Melinda, yeah. Melinda. Ah, what's her last name? You, you see her booty. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a good boob. Yeah. While while we're talking about crimes against goalies, <laughs> I took one penalty in in my time as a uh you know, as a non goaltender uh on an infraction against the goalie and I there was just something just you know, wrong about the call. It was I, I it was a, a big two hander but it was right in the middle of the guy's pad. Like, you know, I just skated by and, and you know, hit him with a two-hitter. But in the middle of his leg pads, like, I'm a goalie. I know that's not – I'm not going to feel that so as you, a goalie. Yeah. So, so and I got a two-minute minor for slash. So you did a Bennington mm-hmm. on uh, Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, except, except I was defenseman. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, but, yeah. okay, so – so back back to to Bennington. Um, I'll just add basically ditto to everything that's been said so far because I. So I'll add this one thing, this one nugget. Back in the day, back in nineties, two thousands, even eighties, when I the, what I can remember, when I would when the Blues were getting shelled, 
Um, my family members, my brother, my sister, my mom. I know what you're going to say. Tell my dad. I know what you're going to hey, say. Hey, turn the game off. Blues are getting killed. <laughs> no, I want to watch and see if there's any fights. Right. Right? Yeah. And that was me in the 2000s and the late 90s when I started watching more, too. Was I'm like, yeah, I want to, yeah, keep the game on. Let's see if there's a fight. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen anymore. The only reason outside of doing this show and wanting to talk about the games, the only reason that I keep it on now when the Blues are getting killed is because I'm like, I want to see what Biddington does. Like, <laughs> he's the only one that has fire when they're losing. So I want to see what he does. Do you? And I have no problem with that. Do you? Okay, so I, I've heard people say that, that Biddington is embarrassing the team by acting this way, especially when we're losing. Dude. Okay. So... Yep. And I, I, I wanted to, so I want to get your take and say if you if you feel that's the case, and also um, I, my response to that is kind of I agree with you. I don't think he is embarrassing the team at all um, necessarily, but what I, mainly because if the team is struggling in a game or needs a boost or something happens where they're like just not playing well, and uh, Braden Shen wants to start a fight to try and get something going, right? Um, people love it. People are calling for it, right? Someone needs to do yeah. something. Someone needs to start a fight. And do I'm like, you can call for a player to start a fight, okay? And that's not if your team's not playing well, right? And you're losing, that's not embarrassing to a team. But a but a goalie doing what they do, uh, what Benjamin has done, is embarrassing to a because team. none of his teammates are going to do it either. You know, well, like. And, and, that's and, I, and I, he's I understand the most fiery guy on the team, and, so he's the one that's going to do it. And I understand what Bill what Bill said too. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, is that you know the goalies are protected uh, on the ice, so if you can't hit a goalie, uh, it's not cool if they're coming out and hitting people because they can't really be retaliated against um, necessarily. But you could. I mean, the other goalie, uh, other goalies have had opportunity to. Now that's funny too because if a goalie comes down and wants to challenge the goalie. Well then, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, no one's gonna get upset if another goalie challenges another goalie and they fight. That's cool. That's gonna make every highlight. People love it, right? Um, it's just interesting to me, you know, what people love and root for and cheer for on the ice as far as violence is concerned. But simply skating by the bench and you know mouthing off to Zucker is somehow completely unacceptable. It's the the, the, yeah, I, the it's inconsistent I, to me. We all agreed with the 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 stick swing at Kadri. Like we all agree that like that was intentional by him to not hit him. Yes, and it was it was, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Like, it was come it, on, Jordan. That was a dumb thing to do. Swing at him like you know, fake a punch. Like he did that before to somebody else. To uh, Carl, Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, yeah. Which was and, again and same I'm thing. Okay with that, same thing. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But to you to to act like you're going to use your stick as a weapon, that is uh, that is over the line. The sticks, me. and I'll say that was a little ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, if you want to, you know, if your team's losing and you're trying to find some kind of fiery way to get your team going and maybe even get him going, that's I don't, fine with me. I, don't, I like you it. know what? I have no problem with it. I don't even know. I, I I'm I'm beginning to doubt seriously that he's doing this stuff to get his team going. I just think it's it's just a hockey player doing hockey player stuff. I don't I don't think I don't think it's in his mind. I have to do something here to fire up this team. I just think it comes from a hockey mentality. If things aren't going well and we're not playing great, I'm getting pissed. 
and I'm going to take my frustrations out on the other team. And it's not necessarily know- it's not necessarily to to you know uh, premeditated to fire the team up necessarily. I don't think. I just think it's probably not. I just think it's a mentality where you know he's pissed off and he's just taking out his frustrations on the other team. We all know a fiery guy, right? We all know that guy on the team, even in men's league, in any kind of competitive league you played in back in college or whatever. We all had that guy, right? It just happens to be the goalie on this team. Like he's the guy who's getting fired up and getting pissed off, and he's kind of a hothead. And again. I'm okay with that. I have no problem. If if that's what it takes for him to play at a high level, now the last couple games he has not played great. But overall he's, throughout the season, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, so I have no problem with him doing that. Was it like the past three games, three, four games, he's been he, there's been like a goal a game. He's been like, That's that's not good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, wait till we get to the Rangers game. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was pretty ugly. But you, know, you want to you want to address what Brandon Thomas said, uh, uh, Bill? What like what would the team reaction be if someone did swing on a goalie when the goalie started it? You um, you always protect the goalie, right? I mean, I don't care. Right, you 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 always protect the goalie on the ice, and if the goalie's in the wrong, somebody's you know the leaders in the team are going to call him out and say, "Cut that shit out." Yeah, because we have to back right. we have to stick up for you on the ice every time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, if, if it becomes a detriment to the team and I think that's what, you know, Baruby was calling him out for that. Right. I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody on this team that is going to stop him from from doing this, like any of the players. Right. It's it doesn't, you know, O'Reilly. I don't think he's going to speak out against Bennington and tell him, calm the fuck down. Right. You know, that. It, yeah. It's not like the uh, the JF Electric commercial, right? Um, <laughs> I love that he threw the water bottle in that commercial. I do too. That is amazing. That's right, and and that's the thing. Like it, a lot of it, I think he he's testing boundaries, right? And he's he's willing to take those risks and test boundaries. I just. It does it like look. I, Austin said it's low key annoying, right? It's just it, the the more frequent he does it, um, you know. I I think he's the point I was trying to make earlier. I think he needs to learn the frequency, right? Yeah. Learn the right time to do it. And back to back games, um, not or you know multiple times in a two week span, probably not good. But as as that guy. Right, I was that the the hothead goalie. Right, that that was, you know, that became my reputation and very well deserved. I never, I never did it in a way that was directed. I, I think you're right. It, was, it, it was, wasn't directed it was, at the other team. It was, it was always usually, directed at our yeah. own team. <laughs> yeah. It really was. Most uh, defensemen, right. forwards, whoever's not doing their job in front of you. <laughs> right, and, and that was you know that was that was the roller hockey days when I when I played ice. I don't know. I I I, I had a hard time. A, you know, making the adjustment to roller hockey goalie. It is so different and just worse that i think i was pissed off to be playing goal in the first place but well you gotta no, put, you gotta you gotta spray armor all on your pads you play you play on a roll we had a guy do that jeff right. tell you that put armor yeah, on his pads to, so we can slide a little yeah, better 
Oh, you talk about falling on your ass skating near the crease. Fuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Roller fly is the way to go. You guys know what roller fly is? Roller fly. It's astroglide for hockey players. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Locker room. Locker room stuff only. It's these little, no, it's these little, uh, like, uh, uh, this little panel, and it's got these little tiny, like, micro balls in there, mm-hmm. and they uh, they help you slide. Uh, they go on the inside of your pads, yeah. and they help you slide post to post. It's still not as good as ice, but it's a lot better than trying to do it on roller floor. Are the micro balls next to the micro penis? Well, yeah, they're right on the inside of the pads, right there right. in the thighs. Okay, all right. Yeah, they're 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 literally attached to the thigh pads. <laughs> so yeah, very close to the uh, micro penis. Brandon Thomas says, uh, <laughs> "Then should Bennington be more pissed at the team for not having that grit or fire? Because when he does it, it's frowned upon, but nobody else is doing it. Uh, there's probably I'd imagine there's some frustration with Bennington um, mm-hmm. with the with the passion and the fire of the team in front of him because you don't see it." Um, a goalie shouldn't have to do that. Um, I've, you know, I, I've seen uh, uh, plays around the goal that used to be where defenseman would uh, beat some ass uh, for a guy taking like the extra shot. Was it? Uh, it was against the Islanders, I believe. Um, uh, Grice had the puck covered, and uh, I think it was Parise who had, who took a couple of whacks after it was covered, and uh, nobody really did anything. They kind of shoved him away, but I was like, oh my god. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where you'd get destroyed if you right. took shots at a goalie who had the puck covered. Yeah, it's that. It's a, a pretty good point, right? There, there isn't, there isn't. You know, we we don't we don't have a Ryan Reeves type on this team. Um, you know, the the guy you expect to drop the gloves the most is probably going to be Bortuzzo. Um, but you know, he's, he's even, you know, easygoing with the teammates after Zach Sanford got traded at least, but there, there isn't, there isn't that defenseman on this team, you know, Krug probably would be the closest guy, but he's the smallest guy, right. Who's, who's going to throw punches for his goalie. And, you know, that, that's probably a problem. Uh, Ken Morris says Bennington is kind of old school, like Jerry Cheever's. And Billy Smith, uh, the act is now part of his brand. I, I mean, he's known for it, and I don't think I don't think it even matters at all if he stops doing it. People are still gonna say he's doing it, um, and if if he has no incidents for five years and then has one five years from now, you yep. know, I don't think people are gonna. It's, that's who he is. Um, that's exactly. Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say. He could take a break from it for two years yeah. and even play great in that time. And the minute he like. Pops up and punches someone for taking an extra hack. Oh, that's Bennington being Bennington. Did you hear what I said earlier, Jeff, about uh, Kemper taking a two-hander? Did you see that play? Yep. Yep. Holy fuck! And 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 the the outrage over that was non-existent. Yeah, that was far worse than anything Bennington has ever done, ever. Bennington tries to antagonize to a sense. He's not out to hurt anyone. And he's never. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. He has never been out to hurt anybody. No. If he wanted and to hurt Kadri, he would have hit him. So, <laughs> he would have put. He would have hit him right in the face with yeah. his fucking stick. You, you know? know what? Like, he's not. Same thing with Carlson. He would have taken a, a free punch at him. Like he doesn't do that. He's not out to actually hurt people. He's just being an antagonist. He's like Peron. For people to get so upset about it. Like, Peron. Calm the fuck down. This is still a physical sport. Peron is Peron is a good example of a guy who started all kinds of shit. 
uh, he was a big time instigator. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people loved it. I mean, blues fans did, right? It was never embarrassing. I mean, not he really annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> there was times, there was times where I got fucking annoyed. I love David Perron. Don't get me wrong. But man, there were times where I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh, Ron? well, like, okay. We're now, in the offensive zone. N- that's, Stop. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not. I'm not. Just, I'm not just talking about the penalties. I'm talking about the shit after whistle. Oh, see, I like, like that dude, stuff. Back off. That's I like that stuff. I don't know. There the, was times where I was annoyed. Like, dude, you're gonna get a penalty here. Knock it off. Right, but but that's it's different when it's a goalie right yeah. what goalie yeah, what goalie can you think of that you would define as a pest right that's not been a moniker that's been applied to goaltenders true uh, would you call Bennington a pest though uh, I wouldn't call him a pest that's that's what he's I think that's the territory he's getting into Dan with... Cloutier right eh. Dan Cloutier was a little bit of a pest mm, yeah. yeah maybe yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I when I think of goalies I hate he's right up there on the list yeah right so, exactly yeah yeah i uh i don't i i mean i i get what you're saying about bennington but i'm not i'm not sure i i'm not sure he falls into the pest mode necessarily he's he's just the and people call him a crybaby you know and that's not it either um it's it's just a guy it's just a hockey player being pissed off it's a goalie who who is is pretending he's a defenseman for a, a moment you know when shit's going on um I, I really and but what, for and we and we can move on. But uh, I think you know honestly, I'll, I'll, almost everything he's done has been blown out of proportion. Um, and I think it's just getting worse because people already have their preconceived notions about how he is, and and they hate him. You know, and I get it. You know, I, I understand why a fan base would hate them, hate the guy. I get it totally. Um, but oh, I mean, their opinions made up. Dallas Stars fan. Their opi- I would hate him. Oh, I would hate. And and, so and, much. and their opinion, their their minds made up, but they're not going to change it. And so anything he does is like uh, uh, unacceptable, which I understand. I just it's just I, I think it's wrong. I, but I totally get the mindset that they're in. But I personally love having a villain on this team. the The last villain, and it's a little different because he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if Jordan Bennington will be a Hall of Famer, but Chris <laughs> Pronger was the only other uh, last. 20 years, let's say. Only other villain I can really think the Blues had. And, you know, and, and I guess the difference Tyson was maybe Nash. backed it up. Yeah, he was more of a pest than, like, right. Mike a wide villain, though. Mike Danton? Well, <laughs> Mike Danton was literally a villain. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. a, a villain who's tried to make right of life. At least let's give him let's That's give him true. credit. Yeah, a reformed know. villain, That's right? True. But yeah, when he's and, you know going back to the the goaltender thing, right? The the villains you think of goaltending, right? Ken's mentioned it a bunch: Jerry Cheevers, Billy yeah. Smith, Ron Hextall, Patrick Waugh. Right? Patrick Waugh is one of them. Patrick Waugh, right? Yeah. The I think the last two goaltenders to get suspended for stick infractions, at least that I can recall, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, but. Ron Hextall on Kent Nilsson, what, a, the 87 Stanley Cup final? Mm. Got, uh, what, a five-game suspension to start the next season because of the vicious two-hander. And then um, Patrick Waugh suspended in 89 for um, a slash against the Minnesota North Stars. 
but I can't I can't think of goalies being suspended in the last yeah. thirty years for for an on ice stick infraction. Uh, Ray Emery didn't get suspended for anything, did he? I don't think so. No, Mister Golden Gloves boxer. Yeah. Now, now I'll tell you what he fought I think he a just number got of times. Some really good. He had some great fights. He got, I mean, yeah. and, and he had a number of fights. And uh, people, one loved of my it. favorite fights people is when he like it. took on the he took on the entire Sabers team. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, Rosenthal said, Jason Rosenthal says the most effective pest goalies are whacking ankles uh, with their stick, mm-hmm. not pretending to throw punches. Uh, right. Yeah, I can get that because Going you get retaliation the same, penalties there I, too. I agree at the same time, but Bennington's outside of the 10-minute misconduct, which does not cause a power play for the team, he's not taking penalties, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's really – I mean, he no. takes a couple here and there, but he's not taking penalties. Goalies now who whack the back of ankles, they're getting penalties for that now. That wasn't yeah. the case 20 years ago. So no. for, go, go back, Go back and watch Patrick Waugh and Dino Cicerelli. In '96, oh, yeah. oh my God, Wah! Man, that that one game, the sequence where Wah just kept giving it to him, Cicerelli would turn around and act like he was going to slash him. Yeah, turn back around and Wah just went right back <laughs> to it. it some about, of the funniest shit you've I ever mean, seen. Those were good, but in the same at the same time frame, uh, Claude Lemieux versus Osgood slash Vernon. There was some yeah. good stuff there too. Mm-hmm. See, give me all this stuff. I I I, I love all this stuff. I, I I'm not embarrassed or pissed off that it's happening. Give, give this to me. I don't, I don't care. I, I I mean I to me this falls into the the quote unquote hockey uh, definition. Uh, this this the way the sport is. Um, and people calling for suspensions and and uh, shouldn't be in the game. Bullshit. Come on, this. I mean, uh, give give. I mean, and if it's if it's an infraction, call a penalty on it. You know, give them two minutes or four minutes or five or whatever. I don't care. It, but it's part of the game. It's just it's it's hockey. Hockey's a rough sport. It's not tennis. Stuff happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a video on YouTube of him fighting uh, in AHL too, Bennington. I don't know who he fought against. That's but, a good one. Yeah. Uh, some no name goalie. Yeah. <laughs> didn't no want a cup. He didn't want a cup. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, I think we said our piece about the Bennington thing, I guess, more or less. Anything else you want to add? And then some. And then some. It was fun. Time to close up the show. Yeah, we're, we're about done. Uh, first period of the Rangers game uh, after a rather even uh, chess match, the first 13 minutes or so, uh, most of the play was in the neutral zone. Three goals were scored in the final 246. Um, Braden Schneider scores for the Rangers on a slapper from the far boards inside the right circle. After a pass across the bounce of the boards, Bartuzzo and Sammy Blay, remember Sammy Blay, uh, screening Bennington, and uh, Schneider's shot goes off the far post and in. Well-placed shot. Bennington never saw it. A uh, situation where Bartuzzo tried to, and this is a kind of a, I want to talk about this a tad. I don't want to talk about the Rangers game too much, but uh, at, uh, you know, Bartuzzo comes over to Blay, and to check him right before the shot's being taken because he can tell what's going to happen. Get this guy out of the way so so Bennington can see the shot. And he hits, and Blade doesn't move. And Bartuzzo doesn't move him. And all of a sudden, there's two people there screening Bennington, and the shot goes in. And it's like that. So to me, this is a good example of when people say the Blues have a lack of toughness in front of Bennington. This is a perfect example. Uh, Bartuzzo goes over, who's actually supposed to be one of the tougher defensemen, right? And he moved Blade. Didn't move him. Couldn't move him. 
and uh, screen goal, one nothing. Um, with a minute thirty six to go in the period, Bushnevich scores his ninth of the season to tie the game. Uh, continues his hot streak. Um, nothing fancy. Thomas on the four boards after his own entry passes to Letty at the point, who one times it. It deflects off Bushnevich, kind of his body in front, uh, and then uh, uh, he dives and gets enough of the puck to push it across the line. Just a good greasy goal. Nothing fancy about it. Um, and we talked about the horrific uh, call on Cairo to end that period, uh, or near the end of the period. Uh, oh, a terrible call. Um, I, I don't. And it's to me, it's just a, a situation of the the official not seeing the play correctly and calling a penalty. Um, I don't know how hard it is to be sure, and I'm not, I've never been a referee at any level, but uh, you got to be sure on some of these calls, and it's a terrible call. Um, and it costs us a goal. You know, this uh, five seconds with the power play time costs us a goal. Adam Fox, 28, 28 seconds to go in the in the period. Um, there's a big I yeah. Mean, those those bad those bad calls really stand out when your power when your penalty kill is yes so terrible. Right, they do really do. Like, and you get extra every angry. time there's a bad call. I'm like, God damn it, that's mm-hmm. gonna cost us a goal. Right, right. And we'll talk about the the PK in a sec, um, which is we talked about last week, but we have more to add this time. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, f- uh, Fox's goal, uh, 28 seconds to go. Faceoff win by New York. Pass across to Fox in the middle point. He shoots. Puck is deflected up and beats high, Bennington high. Uh, block with a ton of traffic in front of Bennington. Includes two Blues players, Bertuzzo and Mikula. Again, more traffic in front. No one's tying up sticks. Uh, puck is deflected, goes in. There's a number of these goals that have happened the past couple nights uh, uh, in New York uh, and, and previous games where the shots are coming and Blues players are not tying up the players. They're not moving them out of the shooting lanes. They're not tying up sticks. And there's so many really nice – an NHL-caliber player, a, a forward, is going to have very little trouble deflecting some of these shots. Some of these shots are floaters, and they're so easy to deflect for these players. And if you're not tying up a stick, I mean, this is tough. For a goalie, you can't. I mean, and they look like bad goals in the goalie sometimes because they're floating shots that get tipped. But man, I mean, you can you try and you try and uh, how hard is it, Bill, to save a redirected shot uh, ten feet in front of you? It's coming in. You think it's going one way? You go to react, and it goes the other way. It's impossible. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty impossible. Only worse is when it's deflected two feet away from you. <laughs> you gotta hope it hits you. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but not a bad period by the Blues, to be honest. Yeah, I shot New York nine to six, just a, a seeing eye shot that goes in for goal number one, and the Rangers get a gift goal in the power play. Uh, Blues PK continues to stink it up, can't get the job done. Rangers uh, only power play of the game, and it took them five seconds to score. Uh, as of today, the Blues are dead last in the NHL on the penalty kill at sixty four point nine percent. It's so bad uh, since October twenty eighth. They are 56.8%. Since November 18th, they are 54.26%. They are getting worse and worse uh, as, you, as you get you know, the, the, the more recent games. Um, this isn't funny. This, isn't, this is a – I mean, you could laugh about the PK you, being you bad over hear, a short amount of time. You want to hear the latest percentage? Since last night, they are at 0%. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> at what, you know, wow! What, and – People may be wondering, what, what's a good PK percentage? You want to be over 80, at least. At least over 80. That gets you in the top 10, right? You, that, that's, that's fine. Um, Craig McTa- but and- honestly, like, with the way this team can score, 
you got to be over, I'd say, 75. I'm happy. Well, like you're at 64%. That yeah. is terrible. Craig McTavish. So, okay. And again, we said, we said it last week, right? They even started the season, the first couple games, not even giving up a power play goal. Now it's like instant. Every yeah. time oh. they, they, they get a penalty, it's going to be in the back of your net. That You might as well just go ahead and reward the goal to the other team. It's like we're not now even at out least there. It gives the Blues another chance. It gives the Blues at least another couple seconds to try and, and get that goal back. So, you know? Like if I'm Ruby, like, just put a goal on the board. Don't even give us a penalty. We're good. Okay, so I want to talk about Craig McTavish a bit um, and the realization over the past few days of what happened. So Craig McTavish, did anybody hear about this? I, am I like – did I miss this and everyone else heard about this? Did, did, did you hear about this? Did you hear, did you hear, hear about, about this? Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I finish? Can I finish? Craig McTavish <laughs> was relieved of his penalty killing coaching duties in late November. Yeah. I, did This wasn't did, announced so or did covered. You, did, did, did you know? I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember the conversation we had last week. Yeah, about the. I literally. The only reason that I bring this up is because I was just listening to our episode, like a little tidbit of it, and I just happened to listen to the part where we talked about, well, McTavish is a veteran. They're not taking away the penalty <laughs> kill from him. So what are they going to do? It's going to be on McTavish to figure this out. Apparently, by the time we said that, yeah. he had already had his penalty kill duties taken away. On, on December 4th, so a few days ago, Jim Thomas wrote an article about how Berube was upset with the PK woes and Bennington's antics, which we just talked about. In that article on December 4th, just three days ago, Thomas mentions that McTavish was stripped of his penalty kill duties a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago? That would be around November 20th, which means that whoever is running the PK now is shockingly doing a worse job because uh, on 11-20, the Blues PK was at 69.2%, which is bad, and it's dropped 15% since then. So do you so think he, that maybe he maybe he took away McTavish's uh, uh, duties and then forgot to assign it to somebody else? <laughs> no. What it is is Austin actually got hired. That The job that he applied for was PK coach. And he hasn't shown up. And he hasn't shown up. Right? <laughs> He's no call, no show for 15 games. God and damn it, Austin. And he on our podcast bitching. So, this is your fault. A shift. So, you he, motherfucker. Okay, so Jim Thomas said on social media that, uh, that he had mentioned the move to remove McTavish from the PK when it happened. But the hell if I can find that anywhere. I looked through his articles on stltd.com, and there's nothing around that date uh, in which the title of an article mentions anything about McTavish being relieved of his, of his duties, uh, of his penalty kill duties. Uh, so if it was mentioned, it was buried in an article and probably only briefly mentioned in passing, and, and Google search isn't finding it either. So where was the reporting on this move when it happened? Where's the article dedicated to just that, which is a story in itself? Right? I mean, the PK sucks. Say, there should be a whole article dedicated to just this. I will say, what, and, and, and just, I don't know if you guys know, I used to be in the media. Oh, is that um, right? I don't know. So, yeah, that's oh, right. You need to raise. First time I will that's say come out this the, season. The way, the, <laughs> actually, it probably is. I've been pretty good about it. I even <laughs> took it off my Twitter profile. So, there you go. Um, but no, I, I, the way that I know this kind of thing works is I guarantee it happened and they're like, we're not going to mention it. 
And then Baruby just like in it, just out of nowhere was talking to Thomas and maybe even a couple other reporters. And in passing was like, well, since Craig's since Craig's been taken off the penalty kill, blah, 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 blah. And then the follow up question was, wait a minute. McTavish was taken off the penalty kill. Yeah, it happened a couple weeks ago. No, like, but they the Blues try to pass that shot. No, That's no, no, every no. team. They try to pass Tom, it off. But Thomas if said, I'm Jim Thomas. No, what do you say? Thomas said he mentioned it when it happened. He said but, on yeah, Twitter. Here's on Twitter, a few days ago, he he replied to somebody who asked him, "When did this news happen?" And Thomas said, "We mentioned it when it happened." And I'm but, like, but "The hell the you thing. did!" Somewhere buried in an article, maybe. Who Maybe re- does he sell that reads podcast? The Post Dispatch. Who reads it? Seriously, <laughs> who clicks on a link? He does. To he does. STL today to get. Does he still have that? Paywalled or net front, take a survey? Net front presence. Right. Net front presence. Yeah, he doesn't. He Maybe still, yeah. you know what? Maybe that's my goal tomorrow. Is I'll try to listen to the episode <sighs> late November if they had one. You do a Google search. I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. I do not listen to your podcast. Uh, I don't listen to any other blues podcasts. Just so everybody knows. Um but yeah, I don't listen to that, so maybe that's where he mentioned it. But like, that's kind of burying the lead there, Jim. Like, come on, man. That was a, that's a that's a significant story um, that was not covered correctly, if it was covered at all. And like I said, I think it was probably it may have been mentioned on his podcast. It may have been mentioned buried in an article that had a title that had nothing to do with that at all. So who's going to find it? Battlehawks. So St. Louis. Question is, <laughs> Craig McTavish McTav- uh, from Brian Roberts, has McTavish ever been a good coach, survived with the Oilers so long because he played there in the 80s and he played one year for them in the 80s. You've got a job for life with them. Um, that's a great comment, Brian, but I will say, like, he was the coach the year they went no six. I mean, that was an unbelievable year. Now, granted, Chris Pronger literally grabbed the chains mm-hmm. and just drug that team to the Stanley Cup final, but still. Had to have a good coach to be able to make that work. And he's done, from what I've heard, he's done a great job being an assistant coach on, in other organizations. He's helped in uh, in uh, kind of like a Larry Robertson, Larry Robertson, wow, Larry Robinson role uh, like he did in 2019 for other teams. So I'm sure he's great. I have no problem with Craig McTavish. I would give him, I've been pretty harsh on Mike Van Ryan uh, the last uh, couple weeks wanting him to go as a defensive coach. I'm willing to give McTavish a little bit of time to understand how things work here. But, yeah, so far, not a good stretch for Craig McTavish if he's already getting duties taken away from him in fucking November of his first year with a team. But isn't – so, okay, so the the doesn't this kind of like revisit the whole hockey coverage in this town needs work uh, uh, narrative? Because that's a significant Toronto. story – that was just. Let me ask you this: That happens in Toronto. Oh my God! Right? That, that's that, on. It's that's on instant. Jamie McLennan, friend of the show. Yeah. Carlo Koliakovo, friend of the show, and I'm literally just naming friends of the show who have shows in Toronto. Um, <laughs> they would be talking about that the next day. Yeah. They'd be tweeting about it that night, the minute the quote came out. How how close do we follow this team? And we like hound on every news story, right? And we like know what's going on. Players get you know called up, released, whatever. Any little move, we're like, well, okay, we hear about it. Didn't know this for two fucking weeks. <laughs> like, what the hell? It wasn't covered, and and that's that's a. I mean, you know, I somebody, I don't know. And the Blues may not have mentioned it, uh, but 
Jim Thomas said he mentioned it the day that when it happened, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So that tells me it was where not, did you mention? You know what? I was on Twitter. He, you said he, he replied to that on Twitter. He, okay. he replied to somebody on Twitter, and it was a few days ago. It was when he mentioned it. He mentioned on Twitter that um, McTavish had been relieved from his duties, and that's where I saw it first. And I replied to it too. Right, I'm, and I said, I'm he, he did to, what now? I'm gonna find he's, that. he's gone now? Just looking for what I replied to or, or whatever he replied to. Um, but, yeah, that's – I will was, reply during the show and see if I get a response. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I – About I, where it was mentioned? That's, that's crazy to me. I, I don't think he – because I, I, think, I think a couple people asked him where was it mentioned. I don't think he responded. So – Maybe he did. I missed it. I'm going to ask him again. Go for it. I mean, well, somebody needs to put a finger in his chest and say, hey, buddy, well, you tell us where you mentioned it. Well, it's just information that, you know, I mean, maybe the casual fan doesn't care. I don't even know who McTavish is. But, I mean, people who follow the team, there's a lot of diehards in this town, and that's information they want to know. And it's just it's good information. It's like, I mean, interesting. And it just, it just mm-hmm. seems like it's missed. Missed opportunity, right. especially especially at a time when the team is at a historical low in right. TK percentage. Right, right. How how does a team with Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari, two extremely talented defensive centers, have such a shitty shitty PK percentage? Yeah, and I don't think it was mentioned who's taking care of the duties now, um, and so who knows. And whoever it is, it's gotten worse by 15% since uh, the 20th of November. Yeah. So I, whatever it is, it's not working. I mean, God, I mean, if you have to, put McTavish back in the role. It might improve 15% if that's how it works. You know, I don't know. Um, whatever. Second period against the Rangers. Uh, Blues bounce back, uh, score three in the second. Goes by Tarasenko, which was 12 seconds into the second period. And then uh, Kairou on a slap shot on the power play. Glove side from Perron's spot. And O'Reilly um, with a uh, Vincent Trocek goal for the Rangers in there as well. Uh, Saw the Blues up 4-3 to three, heading into the third. On Trocek's goal, it was a shot from the point, and Trocek was in the slot. And uh, he was O'Reilly's man. O'Reilly wasn't on him and couldn't tie up a stick. More more una- players unable to tie up sticks. So O'Reilly, all the, you know, a fantastic back checker, doesn't doesn't do what he's supposed to do. And it just, it's just, nothing's working. Players that are, are supposed to perform better just aren't. And players like O'Reilly who are like a workaholics, you know, so, so focused on uh, doing everything correctly. Uh, stuff like this hap- is happening. It's just kind of mind boggling. Uh, but O'Reilly did score a goal, a uh, nice zone entry on a nice crisscross passing play where Shen gets a nice, a chance in front and O'Reilly uh, puts the rebound by just Um So, Got the lead going into the third, but then uh, Rangers, uh, it's all Rangers in the third. <laughs> Three goals allowed in the period yet again. Uh, Kendra Miller scored 448 in the third. Uh, Lafreniere scored at 816 to give the Rangers the lead on a play that happened after the Blues turned the puck over in their own zone. Falcon with the boards to O'Reilly. He was covered. Puck goes off his stick to Zimenejad who shoots uh, Lafreniere is in the low slot. Not tied up by Falk. Again, stick not being tied up. Uh, and the puck is deflected by Bennington. Late in the third, Blues are trailing five to four, and Barbashev. This and this kind of you know summed up the Blues season, <laughs> right? You need a goal to tie. 
Barbashev uh, uh, got the puck at center. The rest of the team rushes the blue line, expecting a dump in so they can they can crash and forecheck to try and get the tying goal with like oh, five some was it five minutes ago something like that. And he decides to stick handle towards center, loses the puck, uh, breakaway for Kreider scores on Bennington. Bennington can't make up can't make the the big save, and uh, essentially game over. Crazy. Right, and and the the reaction from Darren Pang. Oh, he knows better. He knows better. You know, you can see it on his face. Uh, if it's a rookie, oh my God, you just can't do pros. that. Yeah, Bros, he you, needs to sit for five games. You can't yeah. do that. Fundamentals, get it deep. Yeah, yeah, I know. I did that, feel bad that, for him though because he looked beside himself. Right, <laughs> right. He, he, right, and and he knew it. He knew it. Sure. Right, and and Pang's right to call him out there, but the difference. Yeah, I know. You know, but in the treatment of veterans and and younger players, just I hate that part about it. Seventh straight game, the Blues have allowed three goals in a period, um, and we're about to have eight. We'll talk about the next game. Um, this was Bennington's sixth straight loss after six straight wins, after five straight losses, after three straight wins. That's too streaky. <laughs> that is nuts, man. How is that even possible? I mean, That's... some some of these stat gurus need to, is this the first time in history this has happened? Uh Bennington is nine and eleven on the season with a three point four two GAA and an eight eight nine save percentage. So say what you will about Bennington and the team in front of him not doing their job, but his GAA and save percentage have gotten progressively worse each year since two thousand nineteen. So whether you want to blame the defense or the or Bennington, either way, it's a bad trend. So Yeah. I uh I man, I, I will defend Bennington still. Uh, there was some conversation this week with uh, Stephen Ground, Grounds, Ground, Ground, right. Ground. Yes, yeah. uh, of uh, of our friends over at the uh, Two Guys One Cup podcast. Uh, There's some discussion this week on Twitter with them about how Bennington. Um, uh, he said Bennington's been basically bad for a while. Um, he had a couple. I did not like. We talked about the Robertson goal. Last week, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Robertson goal against Dallas did not like that one. Um, didn't like the late goal in Carolina uh, with Martin Nook's uh, second uh, before his empty netter. I thought yep. uh, the deflection came out far enough to where he should have had a stick on the ice. That's all he needed to do there. It went through his legs. Um, but I will say the Pittsburgh game and the Rangers game, he could have played better. Uh, I thought yeah. he played pretty rough. So, and again, the problem with this team, and I hate to say this because I've said it now for for over a year, um, if the goalie's not standing on his head, this team is not winning games. And uh, there was even a period where I said last year, I hope Bennington gets traded because he deserves better and he's going to get his career shortened playing for this team. But the problem right now is he's not playing. I mean, he's not playing like dreadful to where it's like keep him out of the crease, but he's not standing on his head. He's not playing particularly great. He's playing pedestrian. And with that, you're not going to win games with the way this defense looks and the way the back checking looks. You mentioned uh, trading Benton last season. That would, uh, we have Huso and a uh, little, little Huso check in Detroit right now. He is 11, four and three with a 2.54 GAA and a nine sixteen save percentage. So pretty good numbers uh, for a Detroit team that's not amazing. 
But boy, did he look bad, at least in my opinion, in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah. And, and his, his yeah. play down the stretch last season wasn't great. And in the playoffs, he looked shaky uh, at best. Um, so I think that kind of uh, – I think that made losing Huso easier to stomach for some fans uh, because, oh, well, he had a nice run during the season, but he tailed off at the end and had a bad playoff run. So – you know, yeah, I, 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 but he's playing well this year. So far, quarter numbers. Yeah. I haven't watched him a whole lot. A couple games. Yeah, no, I I saw a pretty pretty damn good goaltending duel between Jake Allen and and uh, Billy Huso um, a month ago. I think it was in the beginning of November. Um, that was a hell of a game. Both goalies stood on their head. Um, but yeah. Apart from that, I don't think I've got to see him play, but those are some respectable numbers. Bennington's uh, GAA, for I mentioned it's gotten progressively worse, along with the save percentage uh, each season since 19. Um, his GAA in 2019 was 1.89. Uh, next season, 2.56. Next season, 2.65. Next season, 3.13. This season, 3.42. Save percentage uh, in 19, 0.927. Next season, 0.912. Then point nine one zero, then point nine oh one, now point eight eight nine. Uh getting worse each category. And, you know, that's not all necessarily on him because those, you know, save percentage and goals against average are also team stats. Uh they're not just goalie stats, even though they're attributed to goalies. I mean they're the 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 team in front of a goalie has a lot to do with those numbers too. Um so uh but yeah, not good not 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 good goalie numbers. Uh not a good trend for the team or for him. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I think let's, we got the uh, time for a break. I'm going to go for a break right now. So we're due for a break. We'll, uh, we'll uh, hear from strikewithmike.com. Uh, and then we'll, uh, talk about the seven to four win versus the, uh, New York Rangers and uh, New York Islanders. And, um, yeah, so here we go. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. So the 7-4 to four win uh, against the Islanders the Blues had on Tuesday night was a crazy game. Um, good game for the Blues for first two and a half periods or so. Um, Grice got the start in net for the St. Louis in this game, and despite the, uh, the way the game finished, uh, still put up a 900 save percentage in this game, something Benson hasn't done in his past six games during his losing streak. Has not been over 900 in six games for Bennington, so... Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
But again, save percentage is a team stat. Yeah, right. It, uh, for, yeah, I mean, well, it goes under the goalie because it has to go somewhere. Right. I mean, it, it depends on the quality of chances and depends on that good stuff. And you got to watch the games or or look at certain advanced stats to get better better look at it sometimes. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, and uh, Ilyas uh, Sorokin gets the start for the Islanders. Who is having another good season? Uh, 2.33 GAA with a 9.24 save percentage, which includes the five goals he allowed in this game, uh, which ties the most goals he has allowed in a game this season. This would be his, uh, also be his third straight loss. This game, early early talk of uh, a Vezina favorite at this point, which it's always silly to talk about that, right? 25 games into the season, but yeah. talking about how well he has played, he has been one of the better goalies in the NHL. So to see the Blues put a well on him to put a five spot on him uh, was pretty impressive. Uh, Josh Levo got his first goal as a blue. Uh, O'Reilly started this play with a slick pass to Shen, who then dished to Levo uh, as he was bolting out of the zone, and he was on a two-on-one with O'Reilly. Levo on the right side shoots just inside the right faceoff dot and beats Sorokin uh, stick side over the pad uh, late in the first period. And uh, not unlike the Rangers game, the game before, um, there were goals scored late in the first period, back and forth. So Noah Dobson scores 39 seconds after Levo scored to tie it up. Uh, Levo was cheating. Uh, if you watch the replay on this, I was like, I was like looking at it, say, okay, so who's responsible for this? What happened? Because uh, and Sir Levo is cheating outside the zone. Pucks inside the zone. Uh, Blues may have kind of half had possession. He was kind of probably looking for a break, right? And uh, Blues don't get possession. And it goes back in, and he's outside the zone. Dobson sees he's got a lane. Levo can't catch Dobson, and Dobson has a nice backdoor uh, one-timer to uh, beat uh, Grice. Well, I was going to say that uh, Levo, he's in it for the money. He's in it for the show. <laughs> it's just that, that joke just will not die. <laughs> no, it won't. And, it will uh, never go I don't. Away. I don't think I want it to. <laughs> Uh, second period comes along. Blues do score twice. Uh, Barbashev scores on a two-on-one after Mikola wrapped the puck up the boards, and Mayfield couldn't hold the puck in at the blue line. Uh, a guy that I think uh, myself and others have been uh, wanting the Blues to acquire as that as that big, tough state home defenseman. Uh, yep. Couldn't couldn't hold the puck in here, and it, and it gave the Blues a break. Uh, two-on-one. Uh, Bitten passes over to Barbashev, who one times the puck just inside the near post. Uh, Bitten gets his first point in the NHL, and the Blues are back on top, two to one. Uh, the and and we'll have some good news on this later, but the big thing that I noticed with this goal was oh, well, good for Will Bitten, but he's played what two NHL games at this point, hmm. and he's already been on the ice for a goal uh, before Nathan Walker was this season. <laughs> <laughs> Will Bitten twice shy. Oh, uh, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, someone said once bitten, twice shy. And I was like, "Oh no, you missed you missed the you missed a better joke." Yeah, will bit twice yeah. shy. Yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah, much better. Agree. Um, I thought oh, I was on the broadcast last night, right? Didn't uh, Kelly said once bitten, twice shy? Did he? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And then Panger called him out. You don't know who sings that song? And Kelly's like, "Sure, I do. Great White, great band in the '80s." And Panger's like, "Someone's giving you this information. You don't know music." <laughs> <laughs> I missed all that. That was a good exchange. I like that. Um. Yeah, Kelly doesn't strike me as a as a great white fan. <laughs> no, me. probably not. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, O'Reilly scores a uh, second goal for the Blues in this period uh, with about five minutes to go in the period. Uh, 
Uh, put the Blues up 3-1. to one. Kind of a one-man goal here. Alevo dished to O'Reilly in the corner in the offensive zone. O'Reilly worked his way in front, took a, a shot forehand uh, high on Sorokin, uh, and then he dives to get the rebound and stuff it around far side on Sorokin. Uh, O'Reilly made the Islanders defenseman. Uh, Alexander Romanov looked kind of bad right here. Um, he came in front, and Romanov didn't really take him too well and had his back to the rebound. Looked kind of bad. Um, if this were a goal against the Blues and it was Bartuzzo, we'd be ripping him a new one for not playing Oh, I saw, I saw Islanders fans okay. losing their shit yeah, over this he played goal. That. Like, what? What, what are you're you not even going to look at the guy who's taking a shot off net. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but I'll say, man, uh, this was an impressive NHL 23 goal. Their new uh, ah. their new install this year was the, uh, the last chance goal, yeah. right? Or it's like they get Did, the last chance to take another shot on goal. Have this you, is exactly what have you was. Have you played? Do you have 23 yet? Uh, we have purchased it. I have not okay. gotten it yet as it is a present for me. I've heard the last chance feature in NHL 23 is so rare that guys who play a lot of 23, they'll play 20 or 30 games and they haven't yet to see it even happen. So, Oh man. Yeah. I don't play that much. I mean, I, I'll do the GM mode and I'll play about 80, you know, out of the 82 games, I'll maybe play 30 or 40 games tops. Uh, but then I play all the playoff games. So we'll see. I'll kind of, I'll try to keep a count until I see one of those goals. Uh, speaking of video hockey, um, I posted in it. You saw it. You responded. Um, got uh, NHL '94 installed on my uh, arcade, my main arcade, for the for the so uh, we are, Genesis console. We are uh, talking about coming over to your house, right? Yeah. For the uh, our show in two weeks. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, there's. I need to talk to Bill about this, but maybe we should come over a little early. Mm. You know, hang out for a little bit, and, okay. and yeah, definitely play some NHL '94. Well, it's '94 with the '22 modded for '22. NHL 22. So it's yeah, got the updated rosters at the end of the 22 season. Um, so, and I want to say it plays smoother. I'm not sure what it is. Does it? But it plays oh, yeah. smoother than 94 plays. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a little different. I mean, it's, it's it's almost exactly the same, but while I played, I'm like, this looks like it's, I don't know, a little cleaner or something. It was pretty cool. So, yeah, it was neat playing with, uh, you know, seeing the Kraken in there. Um and the, nice. and, the, and the Golden Knights and uh, seeing O'Reilly is hot for the Blues and that was kind of cool. Yeah, was, I like that. Uh, Bill, we're talking about the show when we show up. Actually, it's two weeks from tonight. We're gonna do from Kurt's house. Showing up a little early, playing some NHL '94, bonded for '22, hanging out, hmm? having a couple beers, being drunk for the show. <laughs> uh, it's always the best show. <laughs> oh oh get, yeah, I gotta get the outline done early that day. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, in the uh, third period, seven goals were scored in this period. So the Blues had a five to one lead, right at one point. So, so I, I, to start this period, Achari scores, Pareko scores, fairly early in the period, right? Five to one Blues. Or I'm like, okay, this game's over. Five to one. Even even if they play a poor period, this we've won this game. And then Parise scores to make it five to two. A couple minutes later, I'm like, okay, no big deal, five to two, whatever. And then, then it goes a while, right? It's, it's five seventeen. There's six minutes left in the game. We're up five to two, in the bag, right? Three goal lead. It's not even the most dangerous lead in hockey. It's three goal lead. And then uh, Hudson Fashing scores with five seventeen left in the game. 
uh, his first of the season. Um, weird, Buck, the Blues crew didn't know it went in right away. Um, I listened to other broadcasts, and they jumped on it right away. It was hard to see go in. Um, uh, uh, deflection, side of the net, again, not being tied up properly um, on a long shot from the boards. Um, that Grice saw, but it was deflected over his shoulder. Uh, uh, upper upper blocker. Um, and then 21 seconds after that, Jean-Gabriel Pajot scores a fluky goal from behind the net as he tries to stuff it in. Um, Grice makes the save. Puck goes off Grice, uh, off Thomas' skate, and then right in the net. I'm like, and then so now all of a sudden it's a one-goal game, 5-4. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. There's... Five minutes to go, just about, and all of a sudden it's a one goal game, and we had a five to one lead in this period. And I and and, yep. and, it, and it was when I saw it happen, I'm like, this team is cursed. We're back to that whole mindset where this this back before we won a cup, this team's just cursed. Can't win. Can't win the playoffs. Nothing goes right. Never get the bounces. And this season, you know, if it's if the team not it's, the team is either not playing well, or we're not getting bounces. Nothing's except for the win streak, right? Which things went well. Other than that, this this season has been a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> I mean, they, I, 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 I've been known as the guy who deflects pucks in off his skate into the net. Stop all doing the time. that! Like my my teammates give me shit all the time. They're like, Ponder, stop letting the puck go off your skate. Sometimes when you're playing the correct defensive position, it's just going to happen. But it does seem when the team is struggling, it does seem to happen more often. That it, and it's just a it's just an unlucky, unfortunate bounce. And and I'll tell you, you know, when you're a defenseman in front of the net, you do kind of learn to angle your skates a certain way, well, even if you're this was playing Thomas. the right way. Well, exactly, exactly <laughs> my point. Okay, is you're kind of taught like don't angle your skates into a position to where if it goes off your blade, it's going to go right into the net angle it to a certain like stand in a certain way to where if it goes off your blade it's going to go wide it'll go to the corner it'll go uh just beyond the post whatever but yeah robert thomas guarantee that's never been a real well, conversation in his career this was a this was this was a rebound from a shot that was like a wraparound attempt i don't think he's I don't think anybody's gonna gonna think about angling their skates on a bang bang goofy thing like that. But you'd be surprised at how quickly some NHL defensemen do think about mm. that. But yes, I agree. At shots the same the, time, shots from the it's point. It's a bang bang it. weird play, and uh, it's not a defenseman, right? Robert. Yeah, right. And that's funny because um, the Islanders, because I listened, right? Was what? Did you see that? Yeah, I yeah I was watching the 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 replay on NHL Network, NHL dot com to uh, analyze this goal and uh, it was their broadcast crew and uh, I hate I don't want to <laughs> it was a it was the the female comment commentator color commentator right. who was calling uh, Thomas a defenseman <laughs> yeah I'm like oh yeah. you're not uh, yeah. you're not it putting was, a good word for the right. women at the female broadcasters there <laughs> right no, it, it was it was the whole you know I, I I didn't take it as the female broadcaster thing I think it was the the lack of familiarity but I thought it was kind of interesting because that kind of the guy that I've always compared Thomas to is Matthew Barzell, right? They are very similar players, right? And, you know, Barzell got, what, a million more on the contract this summer than Thomas did? Yeah. But they are so similar. I thought for sure they would have known him, but you had to you had to listen to her go through the 
um, off the defenseman's gates. Uh, who's that's 18 uh, <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it's, the same thing. It was funny. Mike yeah. Sillinger, number 18. Mike Sillinger. Played for both the Blues and the Islanders. Ron Wilson, number 18. Ooh, Ron, Ron Wilson. Wilson, number 18. Jay McClement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was 18. Good call. I think Ron Wilson was 18. Yeah, he was. He, was. he was 18. It's weird what players pop in your head when you think of numbers. It's just like, oh, this random guy from 1987. <laughs> um, my, my weird one is 36. I always think Chianic. of Brian Helmer. I think of Chianic. No. Shank was 36. 36. 20, he was 36. Er, no. He was 26. 36, I think, of Filippo's on. Yeah, oh, there you go. It was, That's yeah. probably even better than okay. mine. I don't know why Brian Helmer right. always comes to mind. Right. Brian That's... Helmer, wow. Yeah. How many games do you play in the NHL? For the Blues, probably 10. Yeah, so, okay. The NHL, maybe 50. <laughs> All right, over, under, 50. Brian Helmer. Let's look it up. Under. Just, just for fun. Played... I think he played more than that with the Blues. You think? More than 50 with the Blues? Holy shit. Way more. 146 games okay. in the NHL. All right. Way off. 44 with the Blues. Oh, mm-hmm. see, 50 would have been good for the Blues. That would have been a good number. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the Islanders did cut the lead to one, but that's as close as they got. The Blues put in two empty net goals, one by Thomas, his fifth of the season, and one by Achari, his eighth, to cap off a seven-goal third period. And the Blues win 7-4, to four, ending the four-game losing streak uh, and get a much-needed win. Glenn Featherstone, he was 36. Yeah, that's, that's a good 36. Yeah. yeah. He was a good player. You know, I uh, let me yeah, – uh, The Blues could use a Glenn guys, Featherstone right now. Let's see if you guys get this. So I was at a trivia night a couple weeks ago. And I was surprised I would have gotten this wrong. And luckily, one of the guys at my tables corrected me. Um, who was the blues player who basically started and incited the um, um, the uh, the uh, ah, St. Patrick's Day Massacre? Uh, well, the very first part of it was Kelly Chase, was it not? That was my answer, but that is not correct. So you're talking Kimball at the bench? Kimball and Roenick? Not Darren Kimball. Okay. It was Glenn Featherstone. Mm-hmm. Really? I thought He's Chase the had the first one fight. one that went after Roenick. Yeah, it but... Was, it was Featherstone who really went after Roenick. But Chase had the fight that... And then Chase fought him. Are you sure? I, that... Hey. I, okay, okay. Well, I, I this is that I, was the I, answer. At I, okay, I could be wrong. I let him go with it. I could be wrong, but I thought the whole thing went down where Chase had the fight first, and that fight ended, and then more stuff happened after that. Kimball at the bench, uh, Featherstone. It was okay. It was Featherstone who apparently went after Ronick, and then Chase fought Ronick. Right. Chase didn't fight Ronick. Chase fought, fought somebody. Chase fought somebody. Yeah, else. he fought somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say Chase. I want to say the whole thing was Chase. Now, whether they maybe they didn't think the fight was part of that, you know, the fight happened and then it was there's a separation and then there was the stuff at the bench with Featherstone and Kimball and Roenick or whatever. I'll say there was a guy at my table who does not watch blues hockey at all, even back then did not. And he said, I remember this. I'm going to tell you, it was a guy that I remember named Glenn Featherstone. And I'm like, if you're dead set on that, let's go with that. And everybody at my table's like, but you're saying it's Kelly Chase. And I'm like, 
If this guy remembers it vividly, I will say go with that. And luckily, that was the right answer. I want to look it up. Well, you're going to have to watch the video. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm just looking you're up. You're going to do that. Great, great, great podcasting here. Well, <laughs> the, the I mean, the, if you bring up the video on YouTube, it's going to show the fight from the start. Because there's actually two parts of this, though. You know what I mean? The Blues... The, the there was a there was one kind of brawl right early in the game, and then there was the second brawl. the The first brawl, the Blues had way too many players on the ice. The second brawl, the Blackhawks made a point. And this was at different periods. The Blackhawks made a point to and they one, two, three, four, five, six. It was Blackhawks have like eight or nine guys on the ice the second time to incite this brawl. So I'm wondering if I'm thinking of the first brawl in the game, or the first brouhaha in the game. May have been with Chase. The second time may have been with Featherstone. Yeah, I know. I remember the the jersey over the head, but wasn't the Chase situation? Maybe that was the the previous like. Met, I think we're spending too up. much time on this. Personally, it was a, there was a there were two <laughs> there were two dust ups in the game. The first one, the second one. The first one, the Blues had outnumbered the Hawks, and the second one, the Hawks outnumbered the Blues. Okay. Austin says, if you only had a producer on hand. <laughs> well, Austin, do your fucking job. Look it up. That's right. <laughs> First fix the blue power play. Prove right. to us, right. Austin, that you know how to do this. Uh, we are we are late for a break. Um, we'll talk about the Blues. Um, who's up next for the Blues, which is Winnipeg, on the other side of this break from Center Ice Brewery. Do you like hockey? Of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right. Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. All right, so I just watched the very first portion of the St. Patrick's Day Massacre, the second dust-up, and where Featherstone's fighting. But before Featherstone got in a fight, um, Stevens cross-checked Presley, and that got everybody fired up, and that's and then the fight started. So you could argue Scott Stevens started it. All right, well, I will alert the Down Syndrome Association of America, <laughs> or St. Louis for that. I, I, I was trying to watch it real quick during the break, so I, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll fully analyze it uh, after the show. Uh, up next for the Blues, uh, Thursday, December 8th versus Winnipeg. It's in St. Louis. Winnipeg is currently leading the Central Division with a 16-7-1 record. They've won seven of the last ten and have won uh, the last two games, a 5-2 win versus Florida and a 5-2 win versus Anaheim. Jets are playing really well. Uh, they recently beat Dallas in overtime, whooped Chicago 7-2, and shut out Colorado 5-0. Um, they've allowed the least amount of goals in the Western Conference, 61. Uh, to put that into perspective, we've allowed, the Blues have allowed 100, exactly. Uh, the Jets are good on the PK. They're ranked fourth in the NHL at 83%. So that'd be a good matchup like, uh, if the Blues can get some power plays. Um, uh, they're not as good on the power play, ranked 16th at 22.5%. Uh, but the Blues, maybe that's a good sign since the Blues PK is absolutely horrendous. Um, but it might not matter. With how bad the Blues PK is, anybody's going to be good. 
Right. Jumpstart your power play by playing us. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I imagine we'll face Hellebuck uh, in net as they play Chicago the game after, the very next night. So that would make sense that they go with uh, Riddick the next night, right? So Probably. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, Hellebuck has played the last couple games too, though, so I guess you never know. Um, he's having a great season, 13-5-1, 9-3-2 save percentage. Yeah, and a 2-2-6 it would not GAA. surprise me, honestly, if they went with Reddick just because the Blues have been that bad. Yeah, but and Chica- so it's like, Chicago's worse. So Chicago's bad, too. So, yeah. yeah. No, Hellebuck, Hellebuck's back to, you know, he'll be a Vesna finalist again this year. He had offseason last year, but he's bounced back to how he was you know, nine, you know, pre-pandemic. 9-3-2 save percentage. That's, that's you get over nine three. That's fantastic. Although Ilya Sorokin going into last night's game was also having a hell of a year. Yes, and that was his big bed shitting moment of the True. year. So this this all game, goalies go through it. Yeah, this game is going to be interesting because the Blues are coming off a win, a game that looked good through two periods and then fell apart late in the third, and then they hung on. Um, so that's like there's like a bad. There's probably some kind of a goofy feeling after the game. It probably you won the game, but you don't feel like you won it well. Um, who do you start net for the Blues tomorrow or Thursday if you're listening to this show tomorrow? Bennington or uh, Grice? Bennington's had good career success against the Jets. I think um, it's a home game I, too. I, I, right, and you know Grice is really you signed him to be your guy on the back to back of you know on the second night of back to backs, right? Um, so logically it'd be Bennington, but I, I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't be upset if, uh, if they put grace in there tomorrow night. Yeah, it's, it's a coin toss for me. I'm, I'm fine with either one. Um, but with, uh, I don't know, grace got the win, but was he that miraculous in getting the blues the win? He was good, I thought it was good. but he wasn't it was fine. He was, yeah, he was good, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't make ridiculous save a ridiculous save to lead to a blues getting a, a three nothing win you know it was there were an awful lot of you know, deflections okay. by him it was it's, there was it's one but of those games same thing with bennington yeah same I, know. Thing with bennington, I know right I know. so i'm fine with either one um personally i think you give i think you give it to grice i think uh i think you say bennington you've been great this year but we have put you through a shit ton because our defense is so bad Let's get you one more night of rest. Well, technically a couple night more nights of rest and give the give the net to Grice. Why not? He got you a win last game. I'm going to I get it. Uh, it's a it's a sound logic. I'm uh, but I if it was me, I think I go Bennington. It's the it's the division leaders. He's supposed to be your number 1. You know, I mean, Grice played last game. Um, I don't know. I I Something tells me to go back to Bennington, even though he's lost six in a row. Hasn't had a save percentage over 900 in the last six games. And he, during the uh, win streak, he put up 900 winning percentage in seven of the eight. Or six of the seven, whatever it was. Six of the seven. So if he if he posts a 900 save percentage or better, the Blues should win. I think he's only lost one game this season where he's done that. So... I uh, well, Austin Lynch over here says, uh, "Oh my goodness, he ta- I guess he's talking about my brother." But personally, I'd start Grace over Benner, and he says, 
Uh, I'd start Stan Ponder, that hunk of man. I guess he's talking about my brother. Hopefully he's talking about my brother. <laughs> Not my dad. Um, but uh, no, I uh, I don't know. I, it's a coin flip, honestly. I think you, you can make yeah. a case well, for either, and you can make a case against either. Yeah, I, well, it's, it's nobody has stood out. Uh, as far as right. like, I, I would love to see somebody steal a game. We haven't seen that in a while, you know. Yeah. Where I mean, we we've had goalies play well. Mate, he had the opportunity to do it multiple times, but I mean, his team just kept fucking him over to where he couldn't even steal yeah. a game. Because I mean, right. no goalie is going to stop eight backdoor chances in a game. He's going to stop three or four, three or four, baby. But, Maybe. I mean, Jesus, when you're getting that many attempts, there's no way. Yeah, and if it is if it is Bennington, I'll be interested to see if the Jets don't try to mimic the Rangers' game plan. And that is just shots from out high, get bodies to the front of the net. And, and if, the, if the Blues just don't defend that at all. Yeah, I'll say if, let, if they let do. Let the Blues deflect it in for you. Well, if they do that mindset, if they do that game plan, the Blues better tie up sticks because they have not, they've done a really shitty job of tying up sticks. There's so many deflected goals. Uh, floater is getting deflected. Um, like I said earlier in the show, uh, NHL caliber players, they deflect those pucks. And if you don't tie them up, they're, that's a, it's bad news. Um, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Just one thing to mention uh, before we close up shop here. Uh, Alex Petrangelo is out indefinitely for the Vegas Golden Knights. He'll be away from the uh, Knights and definitely because of an illness in the family. Uh, the defenseman missed the past four games because of personal reasons. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights wholeheartedly support Alex and the Petrangelos and uh, ask that the family's privacy be respected at this time. The Golden Knights said in a statement. So whenever they, whenever you hear that uh, a player, uh, they you, know, you hope you respect their privacy, um, it's usually something kind of serious uh, with somebody. So... Hopefully things are okay, uh, end up being okay uh, for the Petrangelos. I know he's, uh, it was his niece, right, that uh, she had a serious problem uh, back when he was here. So, yeah, uh, and he took time off for that. Yeah, we, so. we don't know what it, I mean, it could be, it, we're hope. I don't want to say I'm hoping for anything. I'm hoping whatever it is solves itself. Everyone's fine. Everyone's okay. But at the same time, you're hoping it's nothing with the immediate family, that it's not something crazy with one of his kids with his wife you know hopefully everyone's gonna be okay at the end of the day and you know hopefully everybody will be home for christmas and uh they'll have a great time and and everyone's gonna be fine and they'll look back at this and just say yeah that was a blip in the radar shit happens yeah um maybe i maybe might not even find out about it it could be a privacy thing where no one talks so may not even know so we'll uh, we'll find out, I guess, one way or the other. Uh, anything else, guys? We're gonna close it up. I don't think I have one more thing. Good. <laughs> not this time. All right then. I'm definitely not gonna screw it up after that. <laughs> All right then. Uh, <laughs> support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockin'thatidlife uh, at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mark Burgoyne from Real Brokerage, Bro- Real Brokerage. Man, 
That is a mouthful. Mike Burgoyne, Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage from Real Realty. <laughs> <laughs> Call him Mike. Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage. Brokerage, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, not to say strikewithmike.com. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's Tasty Hockey Theme Beer. Check out your local beer stores for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 11 of season 11, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Um, After Winnipeg, we have a back-to-back against Colorado and Nashville Sunday and Monday. Uh, Just wanted to point that out. That'd be a big, big back-to-back games, too. Uh, For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's Go Blues. Big Central Division matchups coming in the next week. We should have a big show next week. Let's hope for a couple wins here. Let's go Blues. That was way too wordy. Let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanus Board at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.